Hey everybody, before we begin today's episode of the Tip of the Iceberg podcast, let me tell you about all the platforms you can find the podcast on. Not only can you find us on Anchor, but you can find us on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Breaker, Overcast, Pocket Casts, Radio Public, Spotify, and Stitcher. All the links will be in the description of every episode. So let's get into this episode. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Tip of the Iceberg Wrestling Podcast for wrestling meets reality. I'm back. I am so glad to be back. I've been sick for the last few weeks, basically this whole month of May, and it's a good way to end the month of May and begin June with a solo NXT takeover. That's right. Tomorrow, June 1st, 2019, it will be NXT TakeOver 25. And it's very interesting for me because this is the first ever, I believe, takeover that has not been attached to a main roster pay-per-view. So that's all we got this weekend for wrestling is NFC TakeOver. I'm very, very excited for it. Even though I don't keep up with the product, I do know what goes on. I read spoilers and stuff if need be. But NFC TakeOver 25 will be a very, very good card. This is my predictions. And then after this... I'm talking about something that's bugging me that WWE has done. And that is that they're screwing up the Money in the Bank match, briefcase, and everything already. So let's get started. So NXT TakeOver 25 is tomorrow. And the matches are, I'm going to say them before I do my predictions. You got Matt Riddle versus Roderick Strong. The Valentine Dream versus the returning Tyler Breeze for the NXT North American Championship. The Street Profits versus the Forgotten Sons versus Young Spirella versus Danny Buck and Orny Larkin for the NFT Tag Team Championships. You got Shannon Banks versus Lo Cherie for the NFT Women's Championship. And you got Johnny Gargano versus Adam Cole for the NFT Championship. This call is going to be very good. I'm very excited for this. <clears throat> Predictions. Matt Riddle versus Roderick Strong. Um, I'm going to give this one to Matt Riddle. Because I feel like this is playing into a bit of storyline with Undisputed Era that Roderick Strong is the weak link of the group. And I think that's going to play big time in maybe this pay-per-view, this takeover, or maybe in the future. But Roderick Strong, this could be a very good match, hard-hitting match. You got King of the Bros versus King of the Backbreaker, the Backbreaker Messiah, Roderick Strong. This match will be hard-hitting and very, very physical. So... I give it to Matt Riddle. He's going to come out by the skin of his teeth because Roderick's going to be on his A game to prove that he still is one of the best and he's worthy of the Unspeed Arrows um, to be in the Unspeed Arrows. So, um, <clears throat> Matt Riddle's going to win that one. Next, you got to get the Belgian Dream with his Tyler Breeze. I'm so elated to see Tyler Breeze on the NXT. I am so elated because... Since he's been in the main roster, he's been one of those that has been pushed to the ground as far as he could go. So I'm here, Sirens. This probably is a reckoning about, I believe. But Tyler Breeze was awesome in NXT in 2015-16. From 17 to now, he's been a joke on the main roster. He's been treated very terribly. He was a main event player on NXT before he left. He ended up becoming part of um, Breezango and... That was good. I enjoyed that very much. He showed he could be funny and serious when he needs to be. 
And so him back in NXT, I think, is a great, amazing move. It's not demotion by any sort, in my opinion. He needs to be here. He needs to be relevant. And I feel like he can be relevant, excuse me, in NXT against the Velveteen Dream for the North American Championship. I'm so excited for that match because of who they are. So, this match will be great. I'm so excited for the match. It's going to be very good because Belgian Dream has, has become the new Tyler Breeze. It's great because when Tyler was in NXT, he could carry a match with the best of his match versus um, uh, Junior Thurston. I can't remember his name. Versus Liger. <laughs> Junior uh, Th- Thrashing Liger, I think his name. I can't remember. It's, sorry. Don't come at me. But his match against Liger was a great, very good match. His NXT Championship matches with Adrian Neville, Sami Zayn, they were great matches. Um, so, I'm very, very happy to see him back on the NXT brand, and it's reported that it's full-time, so I'm very good, very happy to see that. And um, for this match, I'm going to give this to the Velveteen Dream, because they talked about this in other talks. Predictions is that they should have Tyler uh, Breeze be like the... Veteran of NXT, who's been in WWE for years now. He's been in there for like, for like five or six years and has not won a single title. And this will be him walking up to winning a title, which will probably be the North American Championship or maybe even the NXT Championship. It's him versus Jack Gargano or Adam Cole. Either one would be great matches. But Breeze is going to lose this match and I feel it's going to build him up. They're going to push him to be a breakout star in NXT. Which is, what, which is what he deserves. And I also have a feeling they're going to end up bringing Fandango back down to NXT too. I think that's going to be where they feud because it has to pay off. But the former Bazango partners need to feud and move on past that because that could be a good story in NXT. I know because Fandango is proven to be a very, very good wrestler too. Very underutilized as well. Chaka um, on the main roster. So if these two were to feud on NXT or even become a tag team, do Brazongo on the NXT circuit, they could be booked very quickly, I think. So um, Kyle Breeze on NXT is a very smart move. I love it. I'm very excited for it. But for this match in particular, I'm giving it to Velveteen Dream because they're going to be working Tyler back into the system, basically, to make him relevant again. <clears throat> so the next match is for the NXT tag team titles, the vacant ones. Um, you got the Street Profits versus the Forgotten Sons versus the Unspeed versus Daniel Butch and Eric Lorcan. Um, this match would be every tag match I've seen on the NXT tag goals have been phenomenal. There's not been one I have not hated. And if you have Unspeed Arrow, which is I think it's gonna be, it's gonna be Fish and yeah, it's gonna be Fish and O'Reilly, the um, they're gonna be so great. Um, all these teams are great. Um, this match will be, I'm gonna guess, probably about a 20 minute match. This match will be crazy. But I'm going to give the win here to the Unspeed Era. I feel like this is going to be a clean sweep. And this is, by the end of the paper, this takeover, it's going to be a story that's going to be told. I'm excited for it. I do believe it's my opinion. But I'm going to give the Unspeed Era the win here. Next for the uh, Women's Championship. Now, it's Santa Basel versus um, Lo Shuri, if they say their name. Um, uh, Eo Shirai, sorry. I haven't seen Lo Shuri this whole time. My apologies. Eo Shirai. There we go. I knew I, I, knew I was mispronouncing it. But usually I don't care about the women's tag, the women's matches, but they tend to be very good, hard-hitting matches. So this match will be good, and I'm going to give the win here to Shane Baszler. She's been such a dominant NXT champion, such a polarizing figure in the women's division in the NXT. I think she's going to win here and keep going. I think her reigns will be, it's going to be one of those that who's going to beat Shane Baszler, and I'm very excited to see it. 
for the main event for the NXT Tag Team Championship. Excuse me, sorry, for the NXT Heavyweight Championship. There we go. Is champion Johnny Gargano versus Adam Cole, baby, in the main event. The last match, the two out of three falls match, was a good match. I reviewed that. Uh, I said the first two falls were kind of iffy because all them, all those types of matches is always the last falls what makes a match. And that last fall was one of the best matches. That portion was one of the best wrestling sequences I've seen in recent memory. Those, that was a great match. Um, but as far as who's going to win here, I am torn 50-50 because... I can see it going either way, but I'm going to give it here to Adam Cole because, like I said, to begin the takeover by Roger Strong and Matt Riddle, let me tell a story here. You got you got Matt um, being Roderick. You got the um, you got Fish and O'Reilly being the tag champions. You got Cole being the heavyweight champion. What does, where does that leave Roderick Strong? I have a feeling that this is going to make Roderick Strong turn back babyface eventually and turn on the Undisputed Era and become a solo act again. Because I feel like he's, that's, how, that's what I build towards. Is all of the, of the era has titles by him. And he wants to prove that he can be better by himself. So that's why I think he's going to go with this. Is that um, he is going to turn on the era. Or he's going to be kicked out one of the two. Probably he's going to be kicked, jumped. Kicked out Bob, so he's probably get jumped and turn babyface. And this could probably lead to a six man tag match down the road. I'm against him and, um, honestly, I don't know who else, him and the Street Profits. I don't know, honestly. Um, but yeah, I think this is going to lead to him le- leaving the Street Era. So he's been there for a good year and a half, so he he's deserving of his main, um, his NXT singles run again, or maybe going to the main roster. With, if that's so, God help his soul. Oh gosh! So that is um the NXT Takeover Twenty Five predictions. Next, I'm talk about how WWE is screwing up their money in the bank entirely. So stay tuned um, to the Icebook Wrestling Podcast. <music> Welcome back to the Tip of the Iceberg Wrestling Podcast for Wrestling Mutuality. Today's final segment of the this episode is going to be me ranting, Shaka, about WWE screwing up that money in the bank for the foreseeable future. Probably this is what will kill this concept right here. If you watched it all, you know, but for the last week, two weeks, you've seen Brock Lesnar come out like he is... Um, some OG on the street in the 1990s with um, his Money in the Bank beatbox. That's what I call it. Because um, he's um, coming out there dancing around with like his Money in the Bank. He's got, it looks like it's a beatbox, um, like a radio thing. And honestly, this is the most I've enjoyed Black Lesnar in a while. He seems happy. He seems like he's enjoying and having fun with what he's doing finally. And I think that now that he has eliminated UFC out of the table and Derby has, is his only... Um, focus now. I think he's enjoying it more because ever since he's came back, I really feel like he was kind of iffy on being in WWE and wanting to go to UFC. But now that he's confirmed that he's retired from UFC, and I hear he's retired from WWE after WrestleMania 36. So now that all that's in the play, I feel like he's actually enjoying himself in WWE now, which I think is great. You know, he's actually smiling. He's actually moving around. He used to stand still and stare blankly or angrily at the crowd. So he's 
had a great time. He's Mr. Money in the Bank. He has one year to use that money in the bank. Yet, WWE uh, made it feel like he is doing it wrong. He is violating rules or something. WWE posted on a Twitter last night saying, Stephanie McMahon promises that she, the McMahon family, and the executive team will be taking action against Paul Heyman and Brock Lesnar after their disrespectful actions on Hashtag or All. And she went to say, like, well, him um, not choosing someone to cash in is not right. He's disrespecting um, both the champions. And he's just, and he's not doing what he's supposed to do. He's taking his own time. And he's just being very poor about being Mr. Main the Bank. And I went to Twitter and I posted, and I'm going to elaborate on these points. I did uh, three points. I put that, this is taken away from what it means more than anything with Money in the Bank in general means in anything first Brock has a year to cash in whenever he wishes so Money the Bank it's always says that, he, that the winner has one year to cash in on whichever whichever champion that he chooses or she chooses now as a, as a woman's Money the Bank he has a year to choose and here Stephanie's saying that well he's violating some rule or something or he's being disrespectful because he's not choosing yet and he's waiting it out second point um, well, he doesn't announce how he has to, um, he doesn't have to announce when he's going to do it. Just because uh, Braun Strowman did it does not mean that's the rule. Number two, though, is in his case, he can decorate as he wishes too, because he has this case for a year, and Stephanie's talking about how he desecrated basically the briefcase in its um, history by doing that. I'm just paraphrasing and probably ad-libbing too as well, but... Um, back when Cody, um, Damian Sandow, Damian Sandow had it. He had his looking, elegant looking, um, Cody, I think Cody Rhodes even made him dress it up, made it look weird. So his previous Money in the Bank winners have made it their own case. So I don't see why Brock Lesnar doing it is against some rule. Third is that he didn't disrespect either champion. He's keeping them on their toes. What in the world is this mess? So, she's saying that he disrespected both Seth Rollins and Kofi Kingston by not choosing then and there and taking his time and picking his poison. Basically, he's being disrespectful. So, she needs to be on Raw Monday to um, address that and probably find him or probably end up making him lose the, making the way he loses the briefcase, which is interesting in itself. But that is not disrespecting the champions in any, any sense. If he went around and F five both champions, he'd have probably been in the same boat for attacking both champions. Here he's picking his poison. He is um, um, keeping both champions on their toes. And whoever becomes cha- if these championships change hands in the future before he cashes in, then he's gonna probably keep whoever's champion on their toes as well. That's smart. That's good to keep the champions on their toes. So every time they turn around, it was is Brock gonna cash in? Because essentially he can cash in whenever he wants. But Stephanie doing this, they're be creative, I'm sure. Obviously, they came up with this idea. WWE has had a um, itch of sorts to basically screw up their history. Or erase the history they don't want to be seen or whatever. And here they're doing just that, kind of. For years now, the Money in the Bank match has been chaotic in a good way. Who, the winner, they just... 
went around with the briefcase in their hands, and they touted about cashing in. They teased it, and they made the champion stand their toes. Brock Lesnar does it, and does the same thing, and now they're like, he can't do that. He needs to tell us who he needs to cash in on, and this, that, and the other. That is messing with the mundane history. I don't know where this is going, but I don't like it. Um, I predicted Brock Lesnar to lose his briefcase to, I don't even know who at this point, probably Baron Corbin. I'm joking, please don't do that, Jimmy, please don't do that. But the way they're treating this, the way Stephanie's treating this, and whoever's writing this mess, is they're just basically just killing the momentum of the Money in the Bank match, the Money in the Bank briefcase, the hype around the briefcase holder being secretive and opportunistic, like Edge. Edge is known for that. He did it twice, I do believe. Um, and it's just that. So, that's my rant, my jumbled up rant, is that WWE is killing yet something else. Now, I didn't review AEW because I was sick. That show was amazing. Double Nothing was great. Um, the Cody and Matt, um, Cody and Dustin Rose match was phenomenal. The main event was phenomenal. Those are, those are the two matches I actually watched. I didn't get to watch the others. And... John Moxley debuting was fantastic. That show was great. So I do feel that AEW will give WWE a run for their money. Uh, Triple H said to me, you call it, they're not worried about them. But they need to be because they sold, I think you sold a, a 100,000 pay-per-views at $50 each. So you're looking at about $5 million right there. My math ain't the best, sorry. That's probably right, though. And so they are legitimate sector to WWE. Everything they did while they had some hiccups which is expected being a debuting show for a new company, they have the means to be better than WWE. And I'm not going to be an a AEW fanboy, a WWE fanboy. I'm not picking sides, but I need WWE to be better. And this is for the industry. We don't, it needs, WWE needs to be trying to do more here since they have a general competition. Now they need to be trying harder. And it seems like they're not. It's terrifying me. And it's worrying me because AEWs is just coming and sweep everything. So WWE needs to try and do better. And by doing this to the Money in the Bank match and briefcase, it's not doing that. So thanks for watching. I mean, listening also to today's episode of the Two of the Ice Wrestling Podcast. Thank you for um, tuning in. I'll talk to you in the next one.